<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Auto Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman. And today we are previewing uh, the Indiana defense. Last week it was the offense. Today is the defense. Um, TJ, how are you today? Doing very well. Yeah, I'm excited to continue our, our team preview. We are, what, less than less than three weeks here from the uh, from the start of the season. So, um, you know, it's definitely getting real now and excited to, to dive in on the defense, which uh, I think everybody knows about the offensive struggles, but the defense was very poor in 2022, and there's a number of changes that have been made both in personnel uh, and in the, the structure of the coaching staff and who's going to be calling plays. So um, a lot of changes to, to discuss. And um, I think there's, again, much like the offense, there's a lot of reasons for optimism here, but certainly reasons and questions um, for, hey, is this going to work? Um, it would be kind of Pollyanna to sit back and say, well, they brought in a lot of new players. Yay, everything's great. Um, but I, I do think that there, there are reasons for optimism. And for me, that, that starts with what they've done up front um, with the additions to the defensive line. Yeah, uh, last year, Indiana finished 12th in the Big Ten by a wide margin on, on points per game. Uh, nearly, yeah, nearly um, five points per game almost. Uh, they they were behind Rutgers. They uh, they gave up thirty three point nine points per game. Now Cam Jones did not play after the Nebraska game. That hurt them. Uh, they gave Cincinnati a few touchdowns in that game. In that game, and and you know the the defense wasn't responsible for all the points. There was a punt return touchdown. Um, you know, Connor Basilak turned the ball over a bunch as well, but giving up that they were the only big 10 team to give up over 30 points per game. Uh, they just, it, the defense got torched against Cincinnati, uh, in the secondary about with, with guys who shouldn't be getting torched, uh, with Tywin Mullen and Jalen Williams, Jalen Williams is now making plays in the NFL for the Vikings in the preseason, um, Indiana's past defense last year gave up 274.2 yards per game. Their rush defense was not much better. They finished actually 11th in the conference at 175 yards per game. But as you said, I think there are reasons for optimism. To me, it's it's going to look different um, in terms of how it's run. I, I, the scheme is going to be the same and, and things like that. But you have Matt Guerrero calling the defense. I know that it's not a guaranteed, you know, fix all, but you go back to when IU's defense was solid under Kane Womack in 2019 and 2020. Um, Allen was not calling the plays. He was more of the CEO 
uh, in the CEO role. You did bring in Charlton Warren, and that just fell flat on their face. And then uh, Allen called the defense last year, and it just it just was not good. But you're right, TJ. The reason for optimism is along that defensive line, uh, which you know, being at practice, it looks different. And, and you saw, heard the BTN guys talking about the defensive line as well as it, it, they just look different. Um, you're bringing in Andre Carter from Western Michigan. He's going to be an absolute dude on this defensive line. Um, he's was unblockable in the spring sk- scrimmage. He's gotten after the quarterback in um, in practice in 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 the fall. He's going to be a guy, and I know in our group text, <laughs> you kind of laugh at it. He might be a guy that's worth three or four points a game. Um, and, and, you know, given IU's close game history, that could win you a game or two. So you, you think about close losses, um, you know, to Nebraska, where Casey, when Casey Thompson had had time, he threw the ball downfield. You think about um, Ben Bryant at Cincinnati had plenty of time. And, and you think about the close games like Rutgers um, and, and maybe Purdue. Uh, I know it didn't end up as a close game, but it, it could have been. What do you like about this defensive line? Whole new bodies. Andre Carter comes in. Yeah. We talked about him. You have Philip Bleedy, um, Marcus Burris, just – let's talk and focus on this defensive line for a few minutes. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the, those names, those are all newcomers guys that were not at Indiana last season. The coaching staff clearly knew they've got a problem up front that they have to address and they hit it heavy in the portal. Um, Andre Carter, certainly the headliner, but, you mentioned Philip Bleedy, transfer from Texas Tech. Robbie Harrison, transfer from Arizona State. Marcus Burris, transfer from Texas A&M. They join guys that are now in their second year in the program, transfers from Ole Miss with Patrick Lucas and Ladarius Cox. Um, you know, you, you bring in enough guys that have played. Now, let's not get this twisted here. These were not all SEC defensive linemen, but they are coming from SEC, Pac-12, Big 12 programs. Uh, Philip Bleedy in particular, you know, plenty of snaps that he saw at Texas Tech. He played extensively. Um, Marcus Burris, a guy that uh, Indiana's coaches have a connection with the Texas A&M staff and uh, got what they believe is a very honest report about Marcus Burris's ability uh, and his, you know, physical ability to help this football team. And really what stands out for me is that they should have a lot of versatility up front. Um, you have multiple players that can play inside and outside. And that should allow for one, a lot of rotation to, to keep guys fresh. Two, it should allow for the, the defense, uh, defensive coordinator, um, Matt Guerrero to, you know, be able to utilize some creativity with, uh, with personnel and with formations, throw some different looks at offenses, 
and still have quality players up front. Um, I think that that's definitely something that they did not have last year. Now, the one thing that this defensive line is still lacking, we think, is just outright one-on-one beat-your-guy pass rushers. Um, now, we could be wrong about that. There might be a few on this roster, but we have not seen that from these guys so far. Um, so I think you are still going to uh, be relying on scheme to get pass rush, uh, which is that that's okay. You can still get a pass rush that way, but um, of course, finding a difference making pass rusher is one of the more difficult things to do. Uh, pretty much. 95% of teams out there are looking for that um, every season. So that's what still stands out. But I, I do think that this line, one, they're bigger. Two, they should be more athletic. Three, they should be deeper and more versatile. Uh, they really do need to get to the pass rusher more. Got to cut down on the the amount of times that they're just having – blown gaps in the defensive line in their run fits uh, over 4.1 yards to carry last year allowed um, in the pass passer rating you know that's some to do with the secondary some to do with the just complete lack of pass rush opponent passer rating of 152.42 that's terrible that's just terrible 30 touchdowns to only seven interceptions I, I mean Opponents had their way with this IU defense more times than not. The offense didn't do them any favors, uh, but it, it needs to look a lot different. And I think that the amount of change on this defensive line could play a big part in that. Um, you know, as we turn a linebacker, again, more newcomers at linebacker, but this one, more IU is bringing back a number of contributors. Uh, just a, a mix of, of, you know, a couple of transfers that are going to supplement things with the returning Aaron Casey uh, to lead that unit. What, what do you think about the, uh, about the linebackers, specifically the newcomers that they've added and the return of Aaron Casey? Yeah, I think the return of Aaron Casey is re really um, key here. You don't want to, you know, as much as I use defense struggled last year it's really hard to come back it's not professional football where the, these guys are at it 18 hours a day and getting paid for it to have somebody returning so it, it's you have a key piece returning to that unit he um casey was productive he played well he's a a great teammate you know there's a reason they gave him george telly farrow's number 44 um He's productive on the field. I, I think if he could stay healthy, and he was a warrior last year. He played through a lot of injuries. I know he didn't play against Purdue, but that's just because he couldn't. Yeah. Um, he was banged up against uh, against Michigan State. Uh, you know, we forget at the end of the year, IU was playing Brian Fitzgerald at linebacker. I, and that's how devastated yep. they got by by injuries and, and things like that. Um, but you you bring back Jared Casey as well. Um, Caden Turner is a year older. He had a really nice last three games of the season. Um, you know, he 
led the team in tackles against Purdue. Uh, I believe he started that game as well. Um, he played against Michigan State. He played against yeah. Ohio State. So he's gotten his feet wet against some of the Big Ten's best. Uh, you bring in Jacob Magnum Ferrara from from Stanford. He just looks different. He kind of looks like um, Desan uh, McCullough in, in terms of size and length. I, I think that's that's another thing that IU's defense really got better at in in the portal. They're, they're getting longer, more athletic guys. Um, and Jacob Magnum Ferrara is that that guy. It's 6'4", 240. He should be battling for the starting role. If not that, he's good, definitely going to be in the rotation. You bring in Joshua Rudolph, who's kind of – if you took Jacob Magnum Ferrara and squished him down by five inches, uh, you got Joshua Rudolph. He's, yeah. he's fast. Um, you know, I always go back to the play I saw in spring practice where they're – I think it was in seven on seven, maybe even team drill where uh, quarterback throws an interception. You go, hold on, where did that linebacker come from? And it was Joshua Rudolph just, you know, blazing across and uh, the receiver's face and making a play. Um, you bring back Matt Holt, who's, you know, he's a bigger guy and a thicker guy. You saw him play. And, and as long as his shoulder is fine, he's good. Um, but you saw him play against against the run a lot. Um, Isaiah Jones played. Um, Daryl Miner is going to be in the rotation. He's coming in from UTEP. There, there's some unproven people there. But, um, man, there, there's some talent there as well. And, and if IU could go three deep at each of those, you know, at the, their two linebacker positions – think they set up well but they do have to stay healthy and they need Aaron Casey to stay healthy right yeah Casey's the key to it um and then you know you you put him in permanent marker as a starter who's going to be that second starter it does seem like Jacob Mangum Farrar might have the leg up uh, to get that second starting position that's a big linebacking duo um when you if you're starting Casey and JMF, you know, right next to each other. Uh, that's, you know, they're both 6'2 plus, 235 plus. Um, those are a big pair of starting linebackers. Um, you know, I think that what you would love to have is a little bit more pass coverage uh, from this group. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sold on the linebacker's ability to defend uh, the middle of the field quite as well as you'd like. Um, but I think there is the potential to do that. Joshua Rudolph is a guy that should be able to do that pretty well. Um, and then the other area that you just, you're not going to know until you see it, but this group has got to be sure tacklers. Yeah. Um, Indiana, and, and that's, that's the case with every defense, but you need your linebackers to prevent, you know, four or five-yard carries from turning into 15, 20-yard carries. Yeah, so you need that tap. That second level of the defense, you know, that's got to that, – that has to stop. And yeah, it happened too many times last season. It's got to stop. 
yeah, you got to make that tackle when you have a chance to get off the field. I think when Tom Allen turned the defense around in 2016 and, and 2017, that's what yeah. IU did really well was, you know, they, they forced a lot of three and outs. They got the defense off the yep. field um, and they let the offense go to work. Uh, defense could, you know, take a breather and get back out there. Uh, tackling is going to be huge. That was uh, a big emphasis by Tom Allen before the first scrimmage. Um, we'll, we'll see how it went. And, you know, it, it's going to be a tough sled against Ohio State to see see if you're, you're a sound tackling team uh, against those guys. But let, let's bring in the Bulls yeah. as well, since they are that hybrid linebacker defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, Linnell Carr is, is a guy, he's coming over from, from West Virginia. He could be a difference in pass, uh, pass rush. Miles Jackson, you speak about people in coverage. He, I thought, played the pass pretty well last year from that bull position. He's back. A guy who's mm-hmm. kind of under the radar, and if we do a sleeper pick, Anthony Jones, redshirt transfer from um, from Oregon. He he looks like a dude, um, and he, you know he's learning the system. Uh, and he, he came in during the summer. I, I think he's going to be a difference maker there um, at, at the bull position right now. Uh, we'll, we'll see where they end up sticking him. But uh, there needs to be a little bit more depth at bull. But I, I think those guys can, can make a welcome addition to that you know, linebacker defensive line room. Yeah, they, they need pass rush from this group. Um, in Indiana's defense, again, pass rush is going to have to come from the scheme somewhat. Uh, you're not going to have too many situations where you just line up and, you know, okay, our, our two defensive ends are going to beat your tackles and, you know, get pressures. Uh, that's ideal, but probably not going to happen all that often what you can do is get pressure through scheme and some of that could come from the bowl position, Anthony Jones, Miles Jackson, um, Linnell Carr, you know, guys that have, that have uh, all coming from power five programs. Um, and then Orlando Greenlow uh, started, I mean, he came in as an athlete, uh, very long, you know, he looks like, what you want in a pass rusher, if he can put on, you know, a little bit of weight to his frame, um, which he will, you know, he's a freshman, so he will do that. I don't know if he's going to be ready to make an impact there yet. It was up in the air as far as he's going to be a receiver or a bull. He's now listed with the bulls. Um, again, yeah, I, I was about to say that. That he was, they, they, he was originally listed with the wide receivers when the initial roster came right. back. Now he's an outside linebacker. Um, saw that in practice. I, I, I had to take a double take just to make sure because one, he's wearing number forty, and he was wearing number forty with the wide receiver group, which is odd. Yeah. For wide receiver. Yeah. But um, you know, he he's a guy who has length is a good athlete, but he's only 220 pounds. So can he, is he one of these guys who in spot duty, if he's fast enough to get around the edge on, 
a third down package, you bring him in, um, or is he a candidate to play four games and, and red shirt and develop him and, and things like that. But he's, uh, he's an interesting prospect, him and, and um, Anthony Miller, who we talked about when we did the offense are two, two guys who could play both ways and, and could have some, some big potential for, uh, for IU. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I, of this group, you know, I would think that Linnell Carr would probably have the leg up on being first on the field, Miles Jackson and Anthony Jones right behind him. Uh, It's a group that they're asked to do a lot of different things, asked to play in pass coverage, asked to get pressure on the quarterback. It's a difficult position in IU's defense, but one that is really important and I, I, I do really think that getting Manel Carr, who is a, a proven Power 5 contributor, and Anthony Jones, who has a very high athletic ceiling, uh, raises what this group is capable of doing. Those were two very important later ads in the transfer portal uh, for Indiana's defense. Here we on to defensive back now. Yeah. Okay. Looking to uh, safety or cornerback, uh, one of the same. This is probably the biggest concern for Indiana's defense moving into 2023. Uh, again, we talked about earlier the passer rating that IU gave up north of 152. Only seven interceptions to 30 passing touchdowns. Uh, multiple Big Ten games where quarterbacks had season highs for yardage. Uh, it was a group that you had high expectations for, and it just really did not play out that way for the past two seasons because 2021 was also disappointing for that secondary. So a lot is going to be said preseason about how much Indiana lost. Uh, in terms of production and number of snaps from their secondary. You're going to hear that number a lot, and it's true. Taiwan Mullen, Jalen Williams, uh, Monster Matthews, gone from the secondary. That's a lot of starts, a lot of experience. Uh, but when you look at the quality of play for the past two seasons, it was time for Indiana to, to go a different direction, uh, and that's what they've done here. You, you Again, hit the portal hard, bring in JoJo Johnson, who a recent addition here, he's able to qualify and, and get into uh, get in with the team here within the past, and I guess within the past uh, week or so, uh, from Iowa Western Community College, played his freshman season. Uh, he was with Notre Dame. Um, Toby Miner transfer from Texas Tech, Jameer Johnson, transfer from Texas, Nick Toomer, transfer from Stanford, Tyrick McDaniel from Community College, uh, Independence Community College, um, Davison Kelly, another community college guy, JUCO guy, uh, Jordan Shaw, true freshman. So a, a ton of newcomers and youth coming into the program at this position. Uh, and I think that what you're 
looking at is probably Noah Pierre starting at Husky. That one you can put in permanent marker. Tons of experience. He's a leader in that secondary. You feel good about him there. After that, it is a total question mark as far as how it's going to play out. Uh, I think Jameer Johnson is probably odds-on favorite to be one of the starting corners. Um, and after after that, you're you're guessing. Um, I do think that JoJo Johnson has impressed uh, since he came in. Philip Dunham, uh, sophomore from Miami, that got some time last uh, last year. He has impressed, but I, I think that you have so many question marks as far as how it's going to play out that it would be impossible to project. But one thing we know with certainty is that Indiana is starting over back there at the secondary, and it feels like they needed to, but until they go out there and prove it, this is a gigantic question mark for the Hoosiers. And again, yeah, the first week is not is not when to judge this group. I Against Ohio State awesome. is not when to judge this group. Unless they do awesome. Um, then you could judge them all you want. But yeah, I, I'm right there with you. This is – to go back to 2021 and 2022, I don't know if disappointing is the right word. I think it was concerning, very concerning, because you had guys who were proven – um, an All-American yeah. in Taiwan Mullen, an All-Big Ten guy in uh, Jalen Williams and Monster Matthews, and they just fell off the face of the earth. Like, it wasn't that receiver, like, they just schemed up to stay away from them. Teams were attacking them on the deep ball. You saw it in Nebraska. You saw it at Cincinnati. And they just, I, I don't know. I still don't know what happened. Um, because clearly it's not a talent level thing. You see Jalen Williams playing playing well in the preseason. So I, I think it's the change is is a, a good thing. Um yeah, there's a lot of unknowns. Yeah, you you shouldn't um should not judge them based off of the Ohio State game when you have all universe wide receiver Marvin Harrison and and a couple other guys uh, on, on Ohio State. But, yeah, right now I, I think Jameer Johnson is is clearly your number one corner. Um, he's made some outstanding plays both in the spring scrimmage and during um, during practice on the videos that IU has, has put out. JoJo Johnson, he's going to be really good. Uh, I just don't know if he has enough time in the program to throw him out there on week one. Uh, Kobe Miner, he mm -hmm. did not participate in the scrimmage last week. Allen said he was supposed to return to practice on Monday. If he is healthy and ready to go, I think he's the starter opposite of Johnson. Other than that, um, James Mons has been playing well. Jamari Sharp has been playing well. Uh, the guy to look out for is Jordan Shaw. He's um, a true freshman. Four-star recruit. Um, he he's a little skinny, but he's got fluid hips, quick feet, and if he could put on weight, he he's definitely going to be at least an All Big Ten caliber uh, corner. And then you also have uh, 
Nick Toomer coming in from Stanford, who who's going to be at corner, uh, but he has played corner and safety in, in his career at Stanford. He's also another guy. If you could have Toomer, um, Jameer Johnson, and Kobe Miner be set as your three corners, I think you're okay. Um, at least the first line. After that, you got to hope that um, guys like James Mons, Jamari Sharp, and, you know, maybe you rely on Jordan Shaw later in the season. That way you have a, a little bit of depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move to safety. Uh, yeah, Philip Dunham was yeah. also a corner, but, you know, it's the people have him listed safety. He's a guy who, if you don't remember, he, he he's the one who got burned on that touchdown against Nebraska where you're like, what are you doing? But I'll take that play all day if you come back and improve yourself like he has this fall as, as a true freshman. Um, I'm not saying that your seniors need to go out and make a play like that. But if you have a freshman uh, who makes a play like that, has the mental fortitude to come back, to prove himself, to, to make plays, he's, um, he's done that. Amari Farrell is another freshman. He looks – he reminds me of Cam Jones when he was younger, where they moved him to Husky, and then eventually he got too big and they moved him to linebacker. He's going to play some. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Bryson Bonds might start, which, or actually might be in the two deep, which is kind of concerning. He just hasn't looked like the player that they recruited him to be. Uh, Lewis Moore looks solid. You bring in Jamison Kelly. You bring in Tyreek McDaniel. Um, and, and so it, it's it, – thankfully, you get Noah Pierre and Josh Sanguinetti back. It's somebody who knows the, the secondary calls and, and can, can do that. So I think – I don't want to say they're in good shape, but you have the pieces there to be a good secondary. It's just can you put them together and they don't even have to be great. They just have to be – Slightly better than last year. Yeah, I, you know, I really enjoy watching Noah Pierre play. Um, I I think he is rock solid, and I'm very glad he decided to come back for for his final season. Like he's been underappreciated, but you know, whenever he's been called upon during his IU career he makes plays and I am looking forward to seeing him in his last season in Bloomington. Um, I I think I'm probably, I think I'm probably more concerned about safety than I am corner, um, which is not what I expected to be saying heading into the season, but I, I, that's kind of where I find myself when I end up reviewing the depth charts um, or just, making one in my head and going through the roster. Uh, I, I always end up feeling a little better about the options at corner than I do the options at safety. But um, I think if you go through the three levels of the defense, the secondary is the one that right now opponents would be licking their lips at and just saying, Hey, I think we can make some hay against that secondary. 
that's not to say that they can't end up being pretty good. But I think right now, without opponents seeing any tape against Indiana, I think they would look at this secondary based on what they know of it from last season and feel like they can move the ball through the air when they want to. Um, it, it's up to, to this group to reverse the trend that we've seen the last two seasons. Are they capable of doing it? We're going to find out. Um, I, I do like the length. Again, this is something we talk about at the other levels of the defense as well, the length and size that these corners have. This is a bigger secondary group than IU has had the past couple of years. You know, Mullen and, and Chandler Williams, not the biggest corners. IU is going to be putting out some longer corners yep. uh, this season, particularly yep. uh, with Toomer, Jameer Johnson, uh, Jordan Shaw's got good length, and uh, the, the safeties are a little longer as well. So um, that'll be something to watch is how does that length come into play and can they utilize that to, to be better in pass coverage? Um, it, it's going to have to work in conjunction with the scheme. So I guess we'll, we'll talk about uh, Tom Allen seeding the play calling duties uh, to new defensive coordinator, uh, Matt G or coach G as often gets shorthanded. What overall your thought on Tom Allen making that what I feel was a necessary decision and your impressions of uh, Macarary, you know, that you've seen during practice? I know it's difficult to get a grasp on things, but uh, for those that don't know, coming from from Duke and most recently Ohio State. what have been your impressions of him and what do you think uh, he is going to bring as far as a, a play caller and it not being Tom Allen in 2023? I think it's an A-plus move. Um, just with how college football is trending, where the head coach has to be more of a CEO. You have to navigate NIL. You have to um, – navigate the transfer portal i think you have to have more of a pulse on your team and i think alan realized that especially last year when you heard him snap on the on the coach's show with don fisher about we nil uh and things like that but it, it seems um it seems like he has much more control of things right now uh macarary is i i think an excellent hire the times i've spoken to him he's been great he's uh, younger, energetic. He comes from the Jim Knowles system. Um, now his numbers at Duke, you know, the last year or so weren't great, but it, that Duke team wasn't great either. Um, I think it helps him being at Ohio State last season. You a lot of similar opponents um, that he has prepared for as an analyst at at Ohio State that IU will play uh, this year and in the future. Um, from practice, he, he's a guy who, who will hold you accountable. Um, you're going to do it right, and you're going to do it over again until you get it right. And if you still don't get it right, you're going to do up-downs. So it, it's kind of like that old-school meshes with new-school mentality. Um, 
I, I, I Coach Allen trusts him. I don't want to get into like predictions for it, but if they could find that magic they had with Kane Womack, uh, who is you know brilliant defensive mind, um, you know kind of a younger guy, and and took the defense out of Tom Allen's hands, they might have that in Matt Guerrero. Uh, we'll time will tell, but I, I think overall it's it's it was a necessary move, especially in the the climate that is college football today. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. I don't really have anything of substance to add, so um, will not uh, will not belabor the point there. Uh, it's something to watch for sure. I think it was a necessary change and. On paper, everything about it makes a lot of sense. We'll see how it plays out. And uh, again, it's something that you cannot take a one-game or a three-game sample size and say, well, that was a great hire. That was a bad hire. Uh, give it some time to play out, compare to that 2022 defense, and see where progress has been made. Um, Looking, you know, we're, we're each going to pick uh, pick one sleeper candidate or or one player to watch, if you will. Uh, and not be Andre, Andre Carter. Carter. Right, he's off the board. Make it, um, make it difficult. So or more more for, difficult for my pick. And again, I do not consider Noah Pierre a sleeper. Yeah, that's a guy that people should know about. Aaron Casey, a guy people should know about. Um, so I'm I'm gonna go with Jameer Johnson uh, as as the player to watch. I think he's critical to Indiana season. You've got to have a corner you can trust. Jameer Johnson, coming from Texas, uh, has drawn rave reviews since he arrived on campus. Um, so I'm, I'm going with Jameer Johnson as Indiana's. Number one corner, he's going to have a lot of difficult assignments in this season, and uh, I I believe that he will uh, be able to produce at a pretty good level. I have more questions about the second corner and the safeties, but I feel good about Jameer Johnson as I use number one corner. That's my pick. That's a good pick. Um, I am going to go on the defensive line. Not going to go Andre Carter. I'll follow my own rules. I'm going to go with Marcus Burris. Uh, Marcus Burris is listed yeah. at 280, I believe. Um, talking to the coaches, he does not move like a guy who weighs 280 pounds. He moves like a guy who weighs 230, which is kind of attributes that you don't really find at IU that often. Uh, he could play right. inside. He could, or He's listed at 290. He could play inside. He could play outside. You talked about that versatility at, at the top of the show. Um, you know, it's I, I take what he did at Texas A&M last season with the grain of salt just because Texas A&M um, was a train wreck. Uh, but he was a highly recruited guy who's consensus four-star recruit. <laughs> and I, I think he's going to have a breakout season for IU either at that defensive end position or at, at the three-tech position. They're going to move him all around, but in the spring practices, he was really tough to block. Um, so I'm going to go with Marcus Burris. But I, the, the, the no-brainer answer 
for both of us was Andre Carter. Yeah, that's uh, Andre Carter is Indiana did not uh, did not have much to cheer about on NFL draft day. Andre Carter, if he stays healthy, will be selected in the next NFL draft. Uh, and I, I think a big season from him could push him up pretty far. He's a guy that is going to do well in the draft process. So if he can put some really good tape on on the on the record and have a productive season for Indiana, he's going to hear his name called relatively early, not first round or anything, but uh, you know he's going to be a very solid draft selection. Um, he's definitely looked like the best player for Indiana's defense. I think you could make the case that Marcus Burris is going to be their second best defensive lineman. Um, look, Indiana's season is going to depend on several things, but they need to do a much better job getting back to playing complementary football. Yep. The offense and the defense both need to help each other. Um, and that's when we're analyzing, oh, the defense gave up this many points or uh, the offense, you know, did this. I, I really think like uh, the offense's ability to stay on the field and not get clobbered in time of possession every week is going to go a long way toward determining how good the defense can be. Uh, it just absolutely saps you of one morale, but two energy when you are losing the time of possession battle. 60 40 or 65 35 percent every week yep and it's not because your offense is going out there scoring in five plays every drive yep. and that's not what was happening as we all know um so getting back to that complimentary football and for the defense that means creating some takeaways uh you know creating some havoc getting some turnovers uh to give your offense a short field occasionally that goes a long way to helping the offense. Uh, so we, we previewed the offense, we previewed the defense. We'll dive into special teams. After that, we are pretty much right there at uh, game week. So um, we're getting there, folks. We are getting there. It's been a long off season, but um, it's almost done. And I'm really fired up for, uh, for 2023 college football season. Yeah, and we had no realignment talk this week. So – Excellent. That's right. Um, yep, we stayed away from it. We yep, stayed away so, from it, thankfully. W- thankfully. The, you know, the, the Pac-4 still exists today. Um, today. We'll get to special teams next week, and then uh, we'll get somebody on from uh, the Buckeye Huddle to talk Ohio State. We'll get into our game week previews and, and all that stuff. But right now, we're still doing our season previews our first glance previews and all of that stuff. TJ, thanks for joining me uh, today. Uh, we got less than 10 days, I think, um, less than two weeks until the first FBS games start on August 26th. Right. So uh, it's here. The season's here. Talking season's almost over. I know people are tired of hearing our voices um, without seeing any games. So uh, thanks yeah. for joining me. Enjoy the rest of the week. And uh, we'll talk special teams next week. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week. All right. Thank you for listening to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. You can uh, find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you uh, subscribe to your podcast.
like it, give us a five-star review, uh, comment on it. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. So thank you. Enjoy the rest of the week. We'll talk special teams next time.